are some things that we can read in the final chapter of Acts, chapter 28, that I think can really help us better understand our role. So with that in mind, let's look at three key points. We'll begin with key point number one. We, too, are motivated by the hope of Israel. We are motivated by the hope of Israel. Let's look at it. We're going to be in Acts chapter 28. We're going to pick up at verse 17, and we'll go through the end uh, of the chapter. So let's begin. Verse 17. And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, wanted to let me go, because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you, to see you and speak with you. Because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. First of all, he's saying, listen, listen he's called the Jewish guys, the leadership together. And he says, I want you to know I'm not... I'm not here to make accusation against our people. I'm not here to cause trouble for Israel. I love my nation. I love the people of Israel. Uh, I want them to, you know, I want them to know that I care for them. And he says, I have nothing against uh, my nation. And but because I was not allowed to speak freely of the gospel, I had to appeal to Caesar, and that's why I'm here. And then he says these words: because for the hope of Israel. I am bound with this chain. So what is that? I, I just picture him. He's already in chains. He's already chained to the, the Praetorian Guard. He's already chained to a, a soldier who is now, he's going to be in this, in this situation for two years. He's, he's going to be chained to someone. And every, every so many hours, some, some say six, some say eight hours, every six or eight hours, they're changing out the guard. There's never a moment that he's not chained to someone. And here he is, he's speaking to these leaders, and he says, because for the hope of Israel, I'm bound with this chain. So what is the hope of Israel? What does he mean by that? Well, the hope of Israel is this. It has been a long-anticipated prophecy of Israel for the arrival of the Messiah. It's seen throughout Scripture uh, that uh, from, from you know, Genesis all the way through the Old Testament, uh, the law of Moses and the prophets, that they anticipated a Messiah, a coming Messiah. And that coming Messiah was their hope. And they had great hope in this coming Messiah. And it has, it is nothing new. It's not new, certainly not new to the Apostle Paul. This has long been the hope of Israel. They've long talked about uh, the Messiah, when the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, when the Savior comes, he's going to do great things for Israel. So he's saying, what I am preaching is nothing new. This prophecy has been the hope of Israel uh, for as long as we can remember. So Paul is declaring, isn't this what we've all been praying for? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what the Jewish people, uh, you know, we've been saying, Lord, send your Messiah. Lord, you know, would the Messiah please come? Messiah, please come, over and over. And he keeps saying, this is nothing new. I mean, let's look at some passages where the hope 
of Israel pops up. It's back in Acts chapter 23, verse 6, it pops up. It says, but when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the what? The hope and resurrection of the dead. I'm being judged. Now, I want you to notice this. There's two things that were always associated with the coming Messiah. Every time that in Old Testament, they would talk about the coming Messiah. He is going to do what? He's going to rule as king of kings, and they can't wait for him to, to return because he's going to make things right. Now, they expected him largely to be a political leader. But they also expected him to have a, a theological, a doctrinal stance that he is going to prove that their faith in the afterlife is true. That he is going to demonstrate that there is a resurrection. What is a resurrection? The resurrection is life after death. That uh, we die and that's not the end. That there's something else. And the Jewish people have been preaching this for a long time. And they've been saying over and over, the when the Messiah comes, he will demonstrate that the resurrection is true. He is going to demonstrate, he's going to come and rule and reign, but not only that, he is going to demonstrate that there is life after death. And we see those two things associated here. He says, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged. So the Jews have long believed this in the coming of the Messiah. The two are closely associated with each other, the coming of the Messiah and the, the rule of the reign, and at the same time, the affirmation of the resurrection. Let's look at another example, Acts 24, verse 14. But this I confess to you, that according to the way, by the way, that's the church, which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. I have what? Hope in God which they themselves also accept, that there will be, what, a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. There we see it again, right? What is the hope? That the Messiah will come, and that the Messiah will not only rule and reign, but he is going to demonstrate what? That there is a resurrection, that there is life after death. He's going to do it. They didn't know how he was going to do it. They certainly didn't know that. They didn't know that he was going to die himself and then be resurrected, and then therefore be the ultimate display of the resurrection. They didn't know how it was going to happen. They just believed that when the Messiah comes, he's going to prove the resurrection to be true. So we see it over and over and over in Scripture. So what is the hope? It's the same hope that Paul has always had. The same hope that he has as a Christian is the same hope that he had as a Pharisee that the Messiah would come and that the Messiah would demonstrate the truth of the resurrection, that he would somehow prove it to be true. Acts chapter 26, look at verses 68. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. There it is again. He's talking about this hope. To this promise our 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that 
God raises the dead. Do you see it? Over and over and over again. What is the hope? The hope is that the Messiah will come. The hope of Israel is that the Messiah will come and that he will not only rule and reign. That's usually what, what we, we focus on. He not only rules and reigns, but he proves the resurrection, life after death, to be true. We have a unique perspective, right? Because we look at it and go, wow, we saw him. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He came and died himself a, a cruel death upon a cross, bore our sin, and then was resurrected. And came and demonstrated and proved to the world, yes, there is life after death. So do you see that connection? You see the connection now. The hope of Israel is closely connected to what? The Messiah's return and the resurrection of the dead. It's nothing new. It's nothing new to Paul. This is not a new doctrine that he's introducing. In fact, it's the same thing that he has believed even as a Jewish Pharisee. So I simply believe that what we have been praying for has been fulfilled. That's what the Apostle Paul saying. He's like, that's, that's all I'm saying. This is what we've been praying for. It's happened. And now I'm declaring that. And for that, everybody wants to condemn me? That's crazy. It's ludicrous. If you, now, here's, here's what's crazy. If you were to ask mainstream Jewish people today if they believe in the hope of Israel, if they believe that the Messiah is coming, most of them say no. Most of them have now said, nah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that he's actually coming. I think that was just you know, metaphorical. Maybe just something for us to learn. So not only do they reject Christ, they have just given up on the hope of Israel. They've given up on the, the idea that a Messiah is coming at all and that he is going to demonstrate that there is life after death. But I believe the same is true of many people who claim to be Christian and then reject the teaching that Jesus is coming again. A lot of Christians are going, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I don't know, I, I don't know if he's coming back or not. Church, just as the Apostle Paul had the hope of Israel, we have the same hope. Not in his first arrival, because we've already seen it, but in his second, that he is coming, and he will come to rule and to reign, and to reign in such a way as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, in such a way that we have a hope that is beyond this life, and we are going to see him rule and reign one day, and I believe we're getting closer and closer. And then, the, you know, the modern-day Christian does what? Ah, well, you've been, well, Christians have been saying that for centuries. Think about this. Jesus even said during his time, you're already in the last days. John was kind of like, hey, we're in the last hour. And that was first century. We are getting closer. We are every single day. So the hope of Israel was the arrival of the Messiah, the resurrection proven to be true. Christians assert that the hope has been fulfilled through Christ and that our continued hope is found in his return. Now, hear me on this. When I say hope, and when the Apostle Paul says hope, it's not a hope as in wishful thinking. It's not a, oh gosh, I hope so. It's a confident belief. It's a confident hope. It's a, this is, this is where we put our trust because we have strong reason to believe so. Well, biblical prophecy 
continues to be fulfilled each and with each and every passing day. Uh, I see it over and over and over. Uh, some things just to, to watch and to be familiar with. If you're not familiar with, like you hear about the Battle of Gog and Magog and what is, what is all that about and when will that happen. And it's fascinating because who is Gog? Well, he's a descendant of one of the sons of Noah that moved north of Israel and moved to uh, what we call modern-day Russia. And the Bible describes that community, the, the Russia area, describes it as a people who want to rule the world. They want to dominate, and they will not be happy. And then in the end times, uh, Russia, what was modern-day Russia, the people from the north, the Bible describes them, will come and attack Israel. And, uh, but they will also be joined by a nation from the east. And what do we see unfolding? You know, we see this merge between this connection between uh, Russia and China. And who does everybody over there hate? Israel. And then just last week, some people are suggesting this is a fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, where um, you have the, the prophecy of some nations, some Arab nations around Israel, will commit to Israel to protecting them. Last week, Saudi Arabia has committed to Israel to help protect them uh, from any attacks that come from the north or from the east. So what are we seeing in our time? We are seeing the biblical prophecy. Why is that, Why is that significant? Consider this. In the 1940s, early 1940s, the nation of Israel didn't even exist. It hadn't existed for centuries. And then, and I want to say it was mid-May 1948, the nation of Israel was reestablished as a nation. So in, in the past century, Israel is now reestablished as a nation. And that allow, I mean, here's the thing. Prophecy could not be fulfilled. If, if all these prophecies about Israel uh, and the nation of Israel didn't exist, how could those prophecies be fulfilled? But for the first time in the history of, of known history, a ancient city is an ancient nation is reestablished and reestablished and we're seeing that and we're seeing tons of things unfold we're headed toward all the things that we've talked about for years we're headed toward a one world government we're headed toward a global economy you want watch the world economy forum um, what are they talking about they're talking about they're setting goals right now for the year 2030 seven years from now and they're going to present their goals next week, or they're going to finish making their plans. Um, we could be, we're close. How close? I don't know. But we're close. Jesus is the hope of Israel, and he's the hope of us today. He's our hope.